Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Go Forth, a music education talk show. My name's Summer. And my name's Owen, and today we have an interview with Dr. Sean Powell talking about competition in music. We hope you enjoy. Welcome, everyone, to Go Forth. My name is Logan Shippey, and I am joined today by Dr. Sean Powell from the University of North Texas. Hello, how are you doing? Doing well, Logan. I'm a pleasure to be here. I'm so glad you could be here too. Now, I've heard down the grapevine that you are working on a book called The Ideology of Competition in School Music. That's very exciting. But I understand that writing a book is, you know, a lot of time commitment and a lot of work going into it, right? Yeah. I was wondering, yeah. yeah. So I was wondering what got you interested in studying competition in the first place and even writing a whole book about it? Yeah, so competition for me has been a part of my, I think I'm just a competitive person in general, but it's specifically been a a part of my music education from when I was in school band starting in seventh grade back in Tennessee, all the way through high school and college. And then when I became a teacher, I, I was a band director, high school and middle school band director, competition drove everything I did, it became the motivator to push my students to work hard. It became competitive events, became the focus of our attention as far as what we were always looking forward to, prepping for, you know, having sleepless nights about, being nervous about. And then competition, if we did well, was our main piece of advocacy to say, look, I'm doing a good job as a young teacher. I know what I'm doing. I'm gaining credibility with my community and my principals and my students. And then now as a teacher educator, I see competition driving my students when they go out to become teachers themselves in the same way. And of course, now that I have moved to Texas and I've been here, this is my seventh year in Texas, I've seen those things that have always been present just ramped up even higher in intensity. And so I feel competition is something that is pervasive. It drives our actions in music ed, yet we disavow it at the same time. Maybe we can talk about that. And it doesn't seem to be, there's, there's been some great work and great studies and there are people doing great work now on competition, but for, for how large of a presence it is in our field, it feels understudied to me. And so I felt like it was just an obvious thing for me to do is to, is to examine it. Yeah, totally. I've, I've noticed a lot in, in just studying as a pre-service teacher. I, I see the people who graduated and it's like, they're like doing great until it gets to concert season or performance season. And then they're like, oh my goodness, I have like, there's, they have so much stress on their minds. And even in like classes, it is acknowledged that like, we want to be a comprehensive music teacher, but they're like, well, you got to be careful around competition season because then those, those really nice comprehensive elements of your program tend to fall off in importance. And I don't want that to, I don't want that to happen. But you mentioned a lot of kind of negative like drawbacks of, of competition that you found. So if there's so many like negative uh, drawbacks that we can like see very readily, what are the supposed benefits? Like why do people do it? Yeah, well, there's plenty of people who say that, you know, I would think actually the majority, if you went and asked teachers around this area and finance coordinators and principals and parents and students, I think most people would say competition is a real positive. I think in this area in particular, competition is credited with with the excellence that our music programs in this area are known for. 
And I've talked to some teachers who said that, you know, if we stopped the, these high intensity, high stakes competitions, the quality of our musical achievements are going to uh, diminish. There's also a lot of folks who say, you know, uh, you know, it's not really about competition for me. It's about these these nice sounding things like lifelong love of music and the art of music and growing and developing as a person. That's what it's about. But look, hey, competition is the reason we have so much support around here, right? We we can compete and and have and our school can have pride in us the same way they have pride in our football team, our basketball team, or something like that. And if we can stand alongside those other things in our community, that's how you know band, orchestra, choir programs in the, in the schools around here generally are well-funded. And a lot of people say, well, our competitive success, the fact that we can do this thing on the level of sports is what gives us that support. And we're afraid to take it away. And, you know, there's also the, hey, look, the world's competitive. We live in a competitive capitalist society and comp competition in music just prepares students for that real world scenario. And I've heard principals say that it's like, I want students to learn to be competitive because that's what the world is like, right? I guess what frustrates me is, well, should it be, or should we work to change that? If we're, we're in the business of education. Can we do something about that? And maybe that's a longer term thing we can talk about later, but, but yeah, so I, I think a lot of people, most folks in this environment, I would say would be, would say positive things about competition and credit it with a lot of successes that they've had with musical achievements and also just seeing it as a good preparation for life in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but at the same time, maybe disavowing it a little bit and and being like, oh, it's not all about that. And you mentioned like sports. You you uh, you know compared the two sports and the music department. What do you see a difference between the types of competition in 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 those departments? In one way, I see difference, and in, in another way, I see no difference at all. Okay. So, in the rhetoric around competition. Now, this isn't true for everyone. Some, In some instances, people are just like, yeah, we're a sport. Like you hear the sport of the arts kind of thing. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. out there, right? So yeah, in some cases, there's zero <laughs> difference at all. Uh, but in a lot of instances, I think music teachers do this thing when I, I call a cynical disavowal. They say, look, for me, I don't, I'm not, I didn't get into teaching music because of competition. I don't think competition is the most important thing. I think it's, we, I mentioned it earlier, it's these phrases like lifelong love of music or the art of music or, or personal growth and development of our students or teamwork, whatever you want to say. So they say, it's not really about that, but look, I have to do this stuff in order to get the support I need to do the real teaching, right? I have to do competitive events because that's what's expected of me in this community. It's what my principal expects, the students, the parents, everyone. But so at that level, I think there's a difference. You know, the football coach doesn't say like, well, it's not really about competition for us. You know, we're learning the lifelong love of football. I mean, that's not, they, they're all, they're not apologetic about the yeah. fact that they're here to compete and win and that's their goal, right? Uh -huh. But so on the level of rhetoric, and the things that we tell ourselves, I think there's a difference. On the level of action, I don't think there's any difference. So I think both both sports and music education, if if you were an outside observer and just were watching, look exactly the same. You're right. You're practicing yeah. and practicing a, a short routine for a long time. You're trying to make it perfect so you score higher and get the best score or get the highest rating or whatever whatever you're chasing. So we have this interesting disavowal, we push it aside and say, it's not really that important to us, but that psychological space is actually what allows us to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. We can tell ourselves it's not important and rest at night and have it off our conscious that we're being so um, you know, cutthroat and competitive, 
if we can set it aside that way psychologically, we can keep doing it yeah. and keep doing it more and more. And then, you know, one day eventually we'll get to the real teaching, but then it's your retirement dinner and you never really get around. <laughs> yeah. Well, this would be, a, a, if anyone's listening, this is a great uh, argument to make if you want to make marching band a sport in count as a sport credit in your high school. I know that I was an advocate for that in my high school, but it never happened. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. So, you know, this is a great argument and also buy the book and then you can make that argument some more. Maybe. It's not really, I don't know if it's the argument I make, but I do bring up the fact that if we're going to act like a sport, why not just be one? And then you don't have to feel guilty about not teaching anything else, right? You don't have to feel Uh, guilty. (laughs) Well, hey, look, I didn't do the standards, but I'm a sport. I don't have to worry about those, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I've known music teachers who have, have, have counted as gym credits as well as music credits. Yeah, so I, I'm just thinking of this anecdote where they they were allowed to ask their students to do push-ups because they were at gym credit. <laughs> uh, well, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so maybe we could combine the two. Maybe. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, I wanted to kind of go back, just kind of a personal story about pride in the school. So, you're saying how competition was driving the pride in the school. I kind of had in like an opposite experience to that in in my high school ex- experience where we were super competitive marching band right and because of that we didn't focus or put any time toward any local community stuff right um like doing our our parades and we're perhaps like at functions playing at functions or at the football game we were like or even performing at football games we were we had we were in the attitude like oh they don't they don't understand our high you know, our high-minded marching band techniques and our, and Mm -hmm. all the time we put in. So why do we even bother trying to, you know, be a service to the community? Right. Yeah. That, that was a danger that I saw. And, and also since people didn't see us and see us as a part of the community, we were, I've definitely heard this word thrown around that we were like a cult, a marching Mm -hmm. band cult where it would actively dissuade people from joining because they thought it was only about the super competitive, you know, weekends and weekend trips and weekend practices and after school right, practices. Right, right, Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's what. I, well, that's interesting. I think that that's, that's kind of the other side of it. Yeah. If you're, well, I think there's two things. So your community and your school might have pride in you if you're, if you're winning, but, and you're doing well, but on one hand, you can, you can just ignore your community yeah. <laughs> and you're not part of it. Pretend you don't want to support the other things going on in the school or the, or even the community itself through parades. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's, that's possible. And, you know, it, I talk about one dimensional, a one dimensional music program. Yeah. And that's kind of what you're describing to me. Everything we do, and this comes from Marcuse's idea of one dimensional society, really. Mm-hmm. So everything we do, every effort we make, is focused on this one thing, this competitive success. We don't have room for any other types of learning or even in your case, in the, any other types of functions or in, <laughs> any, time, any time just or, to do anything, right? Or, or like uh, like a, a serious attitude to the, toward those functions. Like we would do them, but it would be like, oh, like we have to do it. Yeah, exactly. And so, and so the other thing about competition and pride in your school and, and being a source of pride, if you, if you win a lot, it could be a source of pride, but what if you don't? Yeah. What if you're always losing? What if you're the, the under-resourced school who just is, is playing this game that's supposed to be this equal playing field, but there's a lot of work. Some, Jordan Stern has done some work in this area recently. I want to give him a shout out. 
that shows the economic disparity. And if you want to know how well a marching band is going to do, just look at the the yeah. amount of fundraising they can do. Look at the income of the, the the community from which they come. It tracks right with their scores, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just like standardized testing scores. It's no different. And so uh, if you're having you're having this unequal system, you can never compete with these schools that have all these resources. Uh, you're not going to be a source of pride for your school, and you're going to have pressure from your principals and from your community, perhaps, to why why can't you win? Just work harder, stay after school longer. I've heard teachers say it. It's like, well, this wow. season, I'm going to just stay after school until 8 p.m. every day and yeah. do run sectionals myself just because we don't have the, the section coaches, so I have to do it all myself, but it's worth it to me to put in the work. You know, it's the bootstrap mentality. It's like yeah. anybody can do it if you just work hard enough. It's very American ethos, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, and so there's always a, a flip side. There's always a tension between, yeah, competition can do all these great things if you're successful and if you have the resources to be successful. And so what does competition create? Winners, but that means it also creates losers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to think that, uh, well, it's, you know, maybe pretty easy thing to understand that inequity, like spawns inequity. So, yeah. and, and even going diving more specific with a, with a smaller lens into the program, like first chair on, on a section or in a section is a competitive spot. And the people who are going to get it are going to be the people who can afford private lessons with private tutors. Even if, yeah even if you aren't going to competitions all the time, like there's still petition embedded and steeped. Your, your program is, all of our music programs pretty much are steeped in competition. Well, then the other night when I, when I did the talk at Gettysburg, you know, I, I tried to begin by saying, let's talk about what competition means. So yeah. the most obvious example of competition and one I think we think of first is, is what we've been talking about, the school versus school, yeah. the really high profile, like, you see it's a public event and you see scores and you can compare and it's just really, it's out there. But I think you're right, all the way down the chair placement test within a school or even hierarchical ensembles, like say, hey, I got into the, you know, the top acapella choir and, yeah. and you know, instead of the women's choir or whatever, there's that. But then, then there's even like, I've even seen programs that say they're not competitive. We have rotations on parts and we don't go to external events for competitions. But they yeah. still can't help but be trapped in that rhetoric of competition. They'll say things like, well, we're just competing against ourselves. Yeah, like they just can't, go. like, even if you're competing against your past self and you're chasing this bar that's in the future that you've set for yourself, there's still this competitive ethos and this pressure mm -hmm. to, to get there, right? And so yeah. even at that level, maybe it's not as corrosive, maybe, but it's still present. <laughs> I still think that's why I call it an ideology. It exists. Even if we say we're not doing it, we're doing it, right? We're not even aware that it's controlling yeah. and, and, and forming kind of the parameters of what we're doing. Yeah, we've, yeah, totally. We've thrown, so we've thrown a lot of shade at, at competition so far, mm. right? In it. Um, are you arguing in, in this book, are you arguing that we should do away with competition? That's a great question. So I, I, I'm a competitive person and I actually love competition like mm -hmm. generally. I love sports. Go Cubs opening day in two days. I I like competitive cooking shows even. I like oh, yeah. I like stuff like that. And I'm all I'm all for it. The problem I have with competition in this context is not competition per se, because competition pre you know predates our capitalist system. It will post-date it if we make it that far, it, it's, you know, competition can be fun and interesting and can motivate us to do great things. It's when competition is, is a substitute for education. And that's where I have the issue. 
where okay. we're claiming to be music educators, but really what we're doing is just coaching up students to compete. And it compresses our practice down to that one dimension that we talked about before. It, is, it places an unfair hierarchy among schools, among students within schools, among communities. And it's just a bad form of assessment, right? Instead of assessing, we, I know I'm not anti-assessment, but assessing our practice can be boiled down to this really easy, we'll just go somewhere, have someone judge and give you a number, and then it's easy, di easily digestible, it's easily compared to other schools. And so for me, it's that swapping out that misdirection of education into competition that I have a problem with, not necessarily competition as a, as a phenomenon by itself. Well, I, I would say, I'll put this argument out there that maybe I'm, I'm being competitive and we're being competitive in the program so that we can achieve musical excellence, right? And so that's our end product. And it doesn't matter how we get there as long as we achieve that excellence. And so mm -hmm. we aren't focused on the competition and we're just using that as a tool to yeah. get to the end point. Yeah. What would you say about that? All right. So, so what you're talking about, what I hear all the time yeah. uh, is uh, process over product, ah. right? And what we say, <clears throat> actually I have a little, a little quote from a pretty famous music ed person in the book. So it says, you know, he says, look, it's all about the process. We focus on good processes. We focus on what we do day to day. And then if we go to a competition and we happen to win, that's just a byproduct of that great process, right? Yeah, sure. If sure. we don't win, then but we had a really good process, we can hold, and he, he says, we can hold our head high and feel that our process was good. Well, for me, and I, I think I don't disagree with that. I think, you know, trying to focus on process over products is good. But for me, if all of your process is focused on that product, which is competitive results, then there's no difference between your process and the product. They're the same. And it's that one dimensional thing. If everything you do, if all of your process is geared towards the competition, then really your, your, your process, your product is not a byproduct of your process. Yeah. Your process is a byproduct of the product, right? Oh. <laughs> so the product, the product, the competitive result retroactively determines your whole process. So to me, I think what we need to do is shift to like, what if we just had process? What if we just had process and there's no, there's no product. And by, by product, I mean, there's no, there's no competition at the end. What if you did processes and you just didn't do it? And then you can focus totally. If you really don't care, if you really are saying, if you really <laughs> truly believe in your heart that the product doesn't matter, that's just a byproduct, right? The process mm -hmm. is all that matters. Well, why not just do the process only? I mean, I think we know the answer. We've been talking about it for a few minutes now. We know the answer of why we're going and doing these competitive events. Sure. But I think that that actually, that actually is a window to me into maybe what it could be, mm -hmm. right? Process without the product, kind of means without an end, just means. For me, mm -hmm. that's I think that's how education should be more at writ large, be reconceptualized as means, as process, but yeah. not necessarily having these high stakes ends, which for us are competitions for academic for academics quotes are the standardized test, right? And I see them functioning in the same way. So in a way that is a big ask of people to do because as we've mentioned, a lot of your, your validation as a teacher and maybe even like when you're going up for like hirings or, or promotions, mm -hmm. 
they're going to be looking at those scores. So have you seen a program where they can afford to, to do only means and no uh, end product? Well, that's why, and you know, the key for me in this entire process and the key concept, which I, I end the book with, and I'm going to try to make an argument for is solidarity. Because if we don't have solidarity, if we don't have a joining together of music educators who have organized and thought through these issues in their own context, because every context is different. What you're dealing with in Pennsylvania and what I'm dealing with in Texas and Florida and California, different things. Yeah. Okay. So, so, but it has to have the solidarity among music educators and, and other stakeholders that want to join them. Uh, because staking out on your own and just saying, well, I'm just going to stop doing this in most cases won't fly because you don't have the, the backing or, or power to be able to do that. But also, you know, you're, you're, you may be seen as like, well, oh, you just want to opt out because you can't do yeah. it. Like, you know, you're not going to do well. So you'd yeah. rather just circumvent the whole process and you're scared of the results. Right. That's what that's what teachers have expressed to me. It's like, I would love to stop doing this, but I know if I did my principal or even my peers, my music education peers will say, well, you just just aren't good enough. And that's why. But also, I think there's a danger. We have to be careful because who's in the position right now today to opt out? It's the it's the privileged schools who have already been successful and don't have anything to prove yeah. that may have the luxury or the privilege to be able to opt out. And that will leave a hole where the schools that have always been underprivileged and not able to compete but always striving to do so will say, sure. well, now it's my chance, <laughs> yeah. right? And they may ramp it up even more. And so we have to be careful, just like anything else in society. Once we, if we give freedom and give the ability for teachers or anyone to, um, to exercise agency, that it's not just those in privileged positions that have the capacity to do so, but that yeah. everybody can do it. And that's why it's just, we have to be together in a mass and it can't just be free agents out there trying to make it happen. Yeah, that's good advice. Solidarity. Solidarity. It's and it's, that could be like a terrible buzzword. If, if I get an email that says in solidarity at the end, it just, uh, it's <laughs> So it, I, 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 sometimes I hesitate to use that because it's been so co-opted. Like solidarity doesn't just mean agreement, right? Okay. Some people say I'm in solidarity with, you know, striking workers at Amazon as I'm ordering Amazon. Like that doesn't, sure. <laughs> you're yeah, not yeah, really yeah. expressing solidarity. So, but I, I hope, I hope I mean solidarity in the true sense of actions and words. So. When are we expecting uh, your book to come out? Well, ugh, sore subject. So I'm still working on it, still <laughs> writing. Uh, it's it's due to the publisher in August. So I would expect maybe by by a year from now, next spring, hopefully it'll be it'll be out there. Yeah. So it's been a it's a really fun project to to work on. You know, as you can tell, this is I think it's a really important topic that I'm pretty passionate about. And speaking of privilege, I'm in a privileged position to be able to think about these things and. And with enough insider's perspective that I've been there because I was this teacher that did this, my yeah. students do this, but but yet enough distance where, you know, I'm not worried that my critiques are going to land me in hot water with a principal or something. And I realized that, you know, a lot of other teachers kind of maybe think the way I do, but don't have that position. So sure. lucky. Well, it's good to remember that uh, deadlines do not go away once you've graduated. Uh <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Yeah. You just get more of them. Yeah. More, more and more high stakes even. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so after, after this book is done, are you going to be continuing this research on uh, competition in school music or you have your sights on something else or maybe a variation of? 
I think so. I think there's other people that are doing some of this work. Former student of mine, Olivia Tucker, is at New Mexico, University of New Mexico now. And I mentioned Jordan Stern, um, a current student of mine, Kelsey Nussbaum. They're, they're doing good work here. So I think, you know, maybe we can do some collaborative things together. I think I'm looking towards the future. I think I might try to broaden my critique out to not just competition in music, but just sort of how our competitive capitalist environment, you know, affects and controls and sets up the parameters for everything we do in music ed, not just the competitive aspects, but just kind of every, how we structure everything, how we, how we, what we expect out of music ed is shaped by capitalism and our economic system, even if we're not aware that that's what it is. So I think maybe something like that could be next, but we'll see. Got to do so, this one first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So stay tuned for the next episode of Go Forth with Dr. Powell, where we yeah. talk, where we just deconstructing capitalism. Yeah, well, small job. We can do that in about 10 minutes. So it's even... uh, yeah, I didn't feel like it would fit into our time today. Yeah. We're speaking of is coming to an end. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. It's been a blast. Well, Logan, it's, it's my honor to be here. Thanks for the invite and had a great time. So I'd love to come back anytime. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Go Forth, a music education talk show. This was Summer. And this is Owen. We hope to see you next week. And until then, go, go forth, forth and, and change, change the, the world. world.